You are listening to the Balkan Bread Podcast. This is a podcast created to connect diaspora worldwide by sharing each other's stories. Welcome to another episode of the Balkan Bread podcast. My name is Amina, and I'm so excited to have you guys here for another episode. I've been recording episodes pretty much, I feel like, every weekend, and today's actually a Monday night recording this, but it's really exciting to get more stories out there and just have more people listening and tuning in here on the podcast. So today's really special. I have a special guest, as I would normally say, but a very special guest. So I have my cousin, also Amina, and she currently lives in Phoenix, Arizona. She's originally also from, as she wrote, the most beautiful place in the world, Mostar. She's a fine art photographer, and she specializes in weddings, boudoir, and portrait photography. So welcome to the episode. Hello, and thank you for having me. We're so excited. I'm excited to just talk to you more about your business because I've obviously seen snippets. And um, before we get into that, it's actually kind of funny how we ended up connecting and meeting. My mom, she actually had told me a while ago that I had like cousins on the West Coast or something, very vaguely. And at one point she was talking about other family in Arizona. And then she was talking about, oh yeah, you know, she has a daughter and she does photography and all this stuff. And I remember literally within that same week, I remember just finding your account on Instagram, just like stumbling upon it and putting two and two together. And then after my mom like told me the last name, I was like, okay, this girl has to be my cousin. Like, this is so <laughs> random to find someone like on Instagram and then you're actually related to him. So I literally think my first message to you was something along the lines of, hey, I think we're, I think we're related. <laughs> which, I, <laughs> which I think it was exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I think we're cousins. <laughs> but, but I gave you I gave you an explanation. I was like, okay, you know, these people, like this is the family tree. Like this is how, you know, we're related and stuff. But it was pretty funny. So anyway, that's how we technically met, I guess, on Instagram too. But I actually went to Arizona. Me and my mom went this past, was it in February? Yeah, February. So we all got to get together and meet, and it was super fun just for a few days. Come a long way since that one DM. Yeah, a long way. A long way. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to photography, when did you first just pick up a camera and just become interested in it? Yeah, that was actually way back when in 2012, which just seems like years away. It's 2020, which is just crazy to wrap your head around. But I was a junior in high school. I joined the photography club kind of on a whim um, because I had found some interest. And then my mom really found, you know, she was very excited in the fact that I was, you know, pursuing photography and you know, after digging, because you just can't get out, out of her, like, the first sentence, right? You got to dig in a little bit. Um, she kind of let me know that my grandfather had actually been a photojournalist in Bosnia. Um, he died when she was five years old, so she kind of 
you know, felt this connection with me doing photography and her, her, her dad who passed away when she was really young. Um, you know, she, she was super supportive, which at that time, you know, it was hard with a Bosnian parent and living in America and trying to, you know, create this mesh of cultures. But it, it was awesome because that was the first thing that she, you know, really gung-ho supported me in. And um, it was awesome to come, you know, full circle and, you know, see where we are now. It was awesome. Yeah, definitely. And then having that too, just in the family, kind of, you have a more special connection to it and it's a lot more meaningful and it's something that you're always going to have in the back of your mind whenever you pick up a camera, whenever you go and, you know, do a photo shoot with somebody. So yeah, I think that's really special and really important. So when you first got this camera, what camera did you actually shoot on? Oh gosh. Um, when I started photography, my mom bought me, I think a point and shoot camera for my birthday. It was like a huge present that I got at that time. And I was so excited about that. Um, and when I went to college, I, you know, decided I want to pursue photography professionally. Um, so I invested in my own for my first DSLR and that was a Canon Rebel T3i. Um, I had spent like my last dollar on that in college. So if you can imagine, it meant a lot. <laughs> um, and now, you know, I upgraded from that sometime towards the end of my college years um, to a Canon Mark D2. And since then I've up upgraded again to two Mark D4s, which are kind of like newer technology. It's amazing the technology that, you know, Canon and, and other suppliers have bought. But fun fact about that is my cameras were actually used to film the commercial for the Mark D4s. So any Canon commercial you see that are in regards to the Mark D4s, my cameras were used to film that. So really, really cool. I got to buy them from a Canon Explorer of Light, which there's only like five of those in the U.S. So it was an awesome, Bruce Dorn was actually the one that sold me my camera, but awesome photographer, great connection to make and just amazing opportunity I got with those bad boys. That's really cool. And so, so you stuck with Canon like the entire time? Yeah, it's kind of like this little rivalry, like, you know, like the Nike Adidas, like one's doing better one you know so it's kind of like ooh, I shoot Canon and Canon only and I think that there's this little like it's like sibling rivalry so yeah I stuck with Canon it's just easy once you learn it to just continue that path of you know instead of learning something completely new definitely so when you're I guess you're talking about upgrading cameras and stuff so do you typically just go and trade in like your older camera or do you sell it or do you keep the lenses or like how does all of that kind of work Mm -hmm. That's a good question. So I actually have kept for the for the most part all of my cameras. I think that I use them like beyond probably what they're capable of. But um, it's cool to kind of see the progression of you know my point and shoot. I even have like an old family camera. You know the ones that you would like rewind. Oh and yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. Canon, and so it's like I have that. I have my first point and shoot. Like I have all these cameras, and it's been just cool. I hope that you know, one day I'll open my own studio or I can pass these on to my kids or, you know, who knows what, but I, I have been kind of keeping all my cameras. Very cool. No, that's, that's awesome. And I think a lot of times when people first start out, they think that, you know, they need to go and get like the most expensive camera out there just to get started. But really, I mean, from what I've, not that I know much about photography, honestly, like the most that I know is like, 
when Manella would hand me her camera and ask me to take a photo of her. And I remember that like first time. And then I realized, I was like, oh gosh, this is a totally different thing. Not that I was expecting it to be super simple, but it was definitely like a whole different kind of game, like completely different. So what advice, I guess, would you have? Like if you want to first start out, like is there a good, I guess, starter camera that you should get or should you just continue to save your money to buy this really expensive device? Because I feel like if you don't really know how to use the camera, then like what's the point in getting the really expensive one? Right. And it's kind of one of those like did the chicken hatch the egg or did the egg hatch the chicken, right? I think that from my experience, starting off with something where you can learn and not be, you know, so focused on like, okay, I paid $3,000 for this camera. I really, really, really need it to work out instead of like, okay, I paid 500. Like I plan on completely understanding the underlying concepts of photography before I move on to another camera. I think that learning the basics and learning like what is the camera about and how can I make my camera understand the image that I'm trying to capture is, is important before moving on. Um, but like, if you're just, you know, want to be like the cool dad with a nice camera like that's also probable but obviously if if that's you then cool dad like I recommend if you have the money buy a nice camera because those things if you just shoot them on auto they're gonna they're gonna do great things for you but ultimately like do you really need you know four thousand dollar camera to go to soccer games probably not You'll, you'll be just fine with something else you know it's gonna function the same for you but for somebody who can understand the mechanics I would start small and then gradually work your way up because if you start large, you're going to constantly want to invest in large. And, you know, when something new comes out, it's like, it's been really exciting for me. And I know people that I've shot with to be like, okay, something new came out. Now I can invest again. And when you invest again, you, you, there's this new like spark of creative freedom where you're like, ah, I get to play with a new toy and like learn how it works and functions. So like treat yourself to these like progression steps and, you know, buy yourself cameras accordingly it ups your quality too. And just, you know, that whatever work you're putting out there and whenever you're sending these like portfolios to your clients, that's an awesome feeling to know that, wow, I made this happen. Like, this is so cool. And two, another thing I guess that you could do is like, here we have, um, I forgot what it's called. I think it's called like aperture rent or something, but anyway, you can actually go and just rent cameras and it's, pretty easy, accessible, the people are really friendly. And so I think starting out and I don't know pricing wise, if it would make more sense to just go ahead and like, you know, depending on the camera, just go ahead and buy it versus, but I think renting it and just like, even if it's for like a day or something, just to kind of see how it works and see if it's something that you would want to, you know, put your money towards. So, um, I would, I would recommend that for people who are trying to choose and decipher between brands so like you know if you're new and you're like okay I want to buy a camera and invest some money but I don't know do I want to do Canon do I want to do Nikon do I want to do Sony do I want to do mirrorless do I you know like there's so many options so the renting would be really great for you to just kind of take a day and explore each camera and and the same thing goes with lenses because you know that's a big decision to make too and if you can kind of explore your options before investing all of that money it's it's well worth it yeah no that's that's good i think that's that makes sense because every brand is going to be a little bit different so um were you when you first started did you ever take like any classes or anything or is everything that you learned the majority of it just self-taught i actually majored in photography so my sophomore year of college i decided i wanted to take on another major so i have two major i have two degrees but one of them is in photography 
prior to that, I took the photography class, but you know, for anybody out there going to school for photography, the majority of the things that I learned were on the quote unquote, like the streets, you know, like from practice and from shooting with people and from making mistakes on my own and mentorship versus, you know, the school and the homework and stuff. Although that did lay a great foundation, but I got a focus in studio, which, you know, I hardly ever shoot in the studio. I'm a natural light photographer. So that's kind of the gist of my education. I mean, there's, there's so many different types of photography and different ways that you could go with it. So um, I always like to ask people, cause you'll find a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you know, I maybe took one class or whatever, but it's, it's really inspiring to see how a lot of it you just learn by doing. And I think that's the best advice you can give anyone with anything, you know, it is trial and error and, you know, sometimes things aren't going to come out the way that you had hoped for, but you won't know until you try. And at the end of the day, that's all it kind of comes down to. So going into types of photography. So I know I mentioned in the beginning, you know, there's the kind of three different types that you stick to. So do you have a like particular favorite um, over all of the others or do you like them all kind of equally the same? Ooh, it's like, you know, the phases in life that you go through, I feel like it's constantly fluctuating and it absolutely depends on the day. It's hard to say which one I love the most, but for sure it's a close tie right now between weddings and boudoir. Um, with weddings, it's, it's such an honor because, you know, the bride and groom have chosen you of all people to spend the best day of their lives with. And, you know, for the most part, besides the bridezilla, the mom, you know, like they're, everyone there is like so happy and just excited, right? Like you're about to start this journey for the rest of your life. And, you know, it's, it's just such an honor capturing that moment with people. So that's just so rewarding in and of itself. Um, and then on the contrary to that boudoir, um, <laughs> which I feel like a lot of people don't even know what that is, but it's more of, you know, sexy photos. A lot of girls will actually do that as a wedding gift to their husbands or girlfriends, whichever, whichever way you want to go. But um, it's, uh, it's awesome in its own way too, because I get to spend one-on-one -on -one time with women a lot of the times who, you know, have gone through stuff in their life and maybe have gone through pockets of time where they haven't felt as confident or as sexy or, you know, in, in that hour time with me, I truly get to turn their world around and just show them how beautiful they are. And, you know, you get to get all dolled up, you're feeling sexy. It's just for a woman to feel that empowered in that hour. I feel it with them, you know, all the way through. So that's super rewarding in and of itself. So Personally, I love the the place that I've that I've been in because I get to spend so many great moments with people and get to make them feel so great. So that really fills my cup in the end. And I'm all for, you know, women empowerment and getting to deal confidence to women left and right. So I'm all about it. Yeah. And I think there's a way to do, I guess, like that type of photography and still make it tasteful and not I mean, it, it depends, I guess, on the client too and what they want and things like that. Um, but I think it's also maybe it's a little bit less pressure because I would think going into a wedding, like, oh my God, you don't want to screw this up kind of thing. Not to say that, you know, you don't feel confident in yourself that you can, you know, take good photos and get good video or whatever. But like, do you feel that pressure when you go in to, you know, somebody? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like if you don't feel that pressure, there's something wrong with you because <laughs> could you imagine, you know, your day and something going wrong? But that's why you should absolutely be paired like prior to shooting. You know, I tried to shoot on my own with other, with other photographers to see how they do them. Cause there's no way without previously being in weddings, you can just come in and dominate that wedding day for this bride because 
you need to have this preconceived knowledge of what's going to happen and usually how it's going to go down. Because brides, you know, they've spent however long, a year, two years planning this day. They've never had a day like it before. And, you know, it could go anyway. So as a photographer, you need to be extremely prepared. And I think that having that like gut feeling in your stomach of like, I need to perform. I need to be on my A game. This bride needs to have amazing photos. Like it, it pushes you to be a better photographer because you're like, all right, I'm not going to drink one cup of coffee, but I'm going to drink two cups of coffee this morning because we got to get this done and we're going to do it well, you know? So definitely. And that's why I think brides should invest in, in a good photographer because that goes a very long way for your wedding day. And do you find that when you, I guess not in every situation, but when you go into a wedding, like, are there some couples that you've done like their engagement photos and then you also like do their wedding photos too? Yeah. So all of my wedding packages come with um, a complimentary engagement shoot. And although that's, you know, the couples are like, wow, that's awesome. It's for a few reasons. It's not just for them to have some great photos, like to show a case at their wedding, but it's more so um, for comfortability with me and my brides and my grooms, right? I, when I get to the wedding day, I need them to trust me as much as like, I, I want them to, right? Because when things are like, boom, boom, boom. And then, you know, your hour of shooting time gets cut down to 40 minutes. I'm like, Hey, we got to You know, we only have 40 minutes and we need to kill these 40 minutes for you guys to have everlasting photos that your kids and grandkids and generations after you are going to get to see. Right. And like, those are the photos that mean a lot. So when it comes to that time, I want them to trust me. Therefore, I, I established this relationship before that, like with them um, in doing their engagement. So when we're doing the engagement, we'll all kind of pose them. And then when they get their photos back, they're like, ah, that makes sense why she says that. And I trust her now when she tells me to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of me just come wedding day, like do this, do this. And I'm bossing you around. You're like, what is she talking about? But that way you get to actually experience it. You get to see the end product. And then you're like, oh, it's Amina. Like I know her, we're friends, you know? Mm -hmm. um, they trust me. They, they relate to me. They, it's, it's really a lot about trust. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is already like such a special day. And then posing is so difficult. Like, I, I don't know, some people are naturally like they just know what to do in front of the camera, you know, but most people, including myself, have absolutely no idea. So it always helps to have someone there that makes you feel comfortable. And sometimes when you're posing, you don't think it's going to look good or you're like, this looks so staged and it's going to not look good at all. And then you go back and see the photo and you're like, wow, that actually looks really nice. I don't know. That's just from my experience. But I think making people feel comfortable like in front of the camera is really important. And when you first started, did you have this community of other photographers like that you guys would just, I don't know, talk about cameras or go on different shoots together? Or were you finding that you were reaching out directly to people and just kind of asking for advice? It was hard at first because, you know, you're so new and you see like, you know, all we, all the internet does is help you compare yourself to others, right? So I might have been a month into my journey as a photographer, but I'm seeing these lavish, like fine art wedding photographers. And I was like, oh, my work looks nothing like their work, right? But, you know, when push comes to shove, they've been doing this for 10 years. I would hope that they would have it down by that point, right? But it's just hard to wrap your head around when you're new. So I was a little bit hesitant of reaching out to people and I didn't necessarily create that bond with a lot of people. Um, the people that I went to photography school with, none of them were really doing weddings at the time. They were all kind of just either trying to learn or, I, you know, I don't really know, maybe fashion work. They, they, they were kind of all over the place. So I didn't really create that bond with anyone. 
the first wedding photographer I shot with was a disaster. I actually, it was an awful experience and it kind of made me say like, okay, this is the wedding photographer I don't want to be like, and gave me the confidence to say, okay, I can do a way better job than that, you know? So it was experiences along the way, but definitely now that I'm more invested into the community, there's this whole, you know, community over competition. And that's been a pleasure to watch um, and see grow. That's probably grown within the last five years here in Phoenix specifically, but it's amazing. Like a lot of, a lot of photographers like enjoy the sense of community since, you know, we're few and far between. And I think that's important too, because you can only do so much on your own. Like it's always good to surround yourself with people who are also doing it because then you can kind of just relate to each other and it's, it makes it so much more enjoyable. And then a lot of times those people, they can connect you with, you know, other clients or for instance, I don't know if this happens like, cause I know you book shoots, you know, so far out in advance and things like that, but maybe a connection that you have, you know, they're booked one weekend and you happen to be free during that time. And so it's like, Oh, Hey, you know, I know this person, um, I showed them your stuff. Like maybe they would want to shoot with you and having that community as well, I think is really awesome. Cause sometimes people don't want to share like they're not to say like secrets, but just tips or advice. Like sometimes people are just like, yeah, I'm not gonna, you know, don't give everything away, obviously, but you still want to help people and you want to see people succeed because your style of photography could be, even though it's wedding and it's this and it's lifestyle, like you have a specific style and it's not going to be the same as somebody else who's doing it. Right. So it's like finding, I guess it's finding a way to stand out. So have you found that that's been difficult or how have you kind of worked on just like crafting your overall brand? Yeah, that's actually a huge, you know, when people inquire with me, you know, and they're saying, hey, you know, I'm interested in wedding photography or boudoir, whatever it might be, you know, my first question is, have you seen my Instagram? Have you seen my website? Have you been able, you know, to look at my style? Because I think that, you know, styles change all the time and what's hip and what's cool, you know, is not the same from now and six months from now, right? So um, recently, I feel like there's been this flux in, you know, people are gravitating more toward this, like, quote, moodier editing style, right? That's the opposite of me. So I've had people inquire and then they, they say like, hey, can you edit moody? And no, the answer is no. Like my brand is light and airy, you know, and my target audience is people who can appreciate that, right? So I don't want you to book me if you're not going to love the way that I edit. You know, you're a good client of mine if you can appreciate that and you say, oh, that's what I've been wanting, you know? So I think that deciphering like, hey, you know, are you actually interested in my brand and my editing and the way that my pictures come out? Or are you asking me to change my brand and who I am is like step number one of like, should we move forward or should we not, you know? And that's how you stay true to your brand. Because if you want Moody and you're booking me, which is a light and airy photographer, there's a disconnect there, right? And ultimately you're not going to be happy because you want Moody and that's, I can't give you that, you know? So I would say step one, identify if you're going to relate to this brand or not. That's great that you mentioned that setting those boundaries. And obviously, I mean, now kind of looking at it, obviously that's not your brand at all. So why would you want to promise something to someone that, you know, just kind of is impossible and that you're not going to do. So I think that's important. And when you're first starting out, I can see how that can be difficult because you might try like a bunch of different things just to kind of see like, 
you know, if there's that one thing that you're really good at and what really kind of matches um, your brand and your style. So I think it's easier to kind of say yes and just try it out and see. But over time, as you start to develop this brand and what it is, then I think that's, you know, that's really important. So very cool. So going back to weddings. So I know you've shot a lot of destination weddings, which is very exciting because that means you get to travel somewhere new. So is there a like favorite one that you've shot or I guess you can kind of talk about all the different places that you've been? Yeah. So let me just start by saying that every destination wedding is my favorite. There's no favorites, but they're all so unique and so different. Um, each destination is so different. Each, all of the details in the wedding are so different. The group that's going has been extremely different. So it's been just a variety of different, you know, mishmash things that make each wedding unique, which is, which is what, you know, weddings in 2020 are. So I've shot weddings. I've shot some, a few actually in Seattle, um, some other ones in Cancun, um, Mexico, obviously Laughlin, Nevada. I actually just recently went to the Bahamas to shoot a wedding. Um, and then Broughton, Connecticut. I was up there recently. Um, but this year we have some booked in Tennessee, Wyoming, you know, the list goes on and on, but it's such a blessing and honor to have a bride pick me, you know, the Grey's Anatomy quote, right? Pick me, love me, choose me. Um, because it makes me want to perform so much better at their wedding day and just ensure that I am just giving her the love and the passion and, you know, everything that she's, you know, given me. And I get to get you know, out there and a little mini vacation, I bring typically my second shooter and we're kind of a part of the family and a part of the bridal party because we get to go to everything. And it's just, it's a huge honor. And I'm glad that it's something that my business has been able to involve into because I hope to do many more destination weddings in the future. Those are some really cool places. And I mean, who knows, maybe you'll shoot one in Bosnia or somewhere. Who even knows? Like that would that would be amazing. So not only do you get to travel somewhere new, but you really get to, you also get to play around with like different scenery and it's not just the typical, like, you know, I don't know, wedding, like at a church or something like it's, you have this background, you have this beach or this or whatever. So I think that too gives you more kind of free reign with your photography and just playing around with different techniques and things like that. Obviously, I don't know the terminology, but I think you get what I'm saying. So I think that that pushes photographers to be better because, you know, if you're constantly shooting at the same time in the same light in the same places, you're not really, you know, evolving as a photographer. But that's what excites me about photography is I'm constantly evolving. I'm constantly learning. And when I get to get put into these new situations that I don't have very much experience with, right? I can't, I can guess what the weather's going to be like in the Bahamas, but I haven't, I didn't know because I hadn't been there, but you know, it, it's challenging to take great photos at 2 PM when the sun's blaring, you know? So it's like, how can you overcome those things and how can you think fast about it? Because ultimately it's a wedding and you don't have that much time to, to think. So it really does push you to be a better photographer. Yeah. I wasn't even, yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I was going, but now I'm like, wow, yeah, that's a lot because then, cause what do you do if the weather like gets bad or something? Like what? I don't know. That's We actually had that happen once. Um, <laughs> it was an interesting situation because, you know, a lot of the times these destination wedding places, they actually have like 20 weddings a day. So, you know, if they're planning on sunny weather and it's rainy, there's only so many places that they can put you before they're kind of out of room. Um, it's an, it's an interesting thing, but you got to kind of roll, 
roll with the punches because you know you can't you can't really change much once it's all said and done you know I know now during this time and this episode will go up probably a little bit later on um but I mean the situation is still kind of the same in the world right now just with everyone being in quarantine and I think now people are starting to really get out and go more places things like that obviously be cautious if you're listening you know proceed with caution but Um, One of the things I've seen is like people are really trying to get creative, especially photography, like you can't really do a whole lot, you know, if you have things scheduled, like I'm sure things got canceled and pushed back. So one thing I saw a lot of was that photographers were doing these like FaceTime photo shoots and I saw that you were offering that. So walk us through that. Like, how does that work? And have you found that those have been successful with like some of your clients? Yeah, so uh, obviously the photography industry as a whole has been extremely impacted by COVID-19, right? Um, Being that we're social creatures, it's hard for us to get, you know, out and get to shoot. They closed a lot of like the national forest. They, you know, a a lot of things have been shut down. So it's just almost impossible to do shoots nowadays. But um, what an exciting time. Like we are actually making history in COVID-19. And, you know, I personally haven't experienced a pandemic before in my life and hopefully we don't have to ever experience it again, but you know, it, times are changing. And so we have to, you know, mold to that as well. Um, but yes, I am offering virtual FaceTime shoots. They're really, really fun. And honestly for girls, like really some of us just need an excuse to get dolled up and I'm offering all types of sessions that way. So really it's, there's two ways it can happen. One, if you're extremely on lockdown, just you, um, maybe in your house or something, you FaceTime me, we kind of set the phone up, I tell you what to do, where to go. We have consults prior so we can establish like, what does your space look like? How can we make it look better for the photo shoot? And then while on FaceTime, I can snap photos, um, which is an iPhone feature, so you have to have an iPhone. Um, and then the second option would be maybe if you have a significant other there or your best friend, or if you're in quarantine with your mom or your sister, you name it. Um, we FaceTime each other through one phone, that way I can watch and direct and tell you how to pose. And on a different phone, we're taking, we're taking photos, um, iPhone photos, which have been, wow, I gotta say, like the, the quality is kind of impressive. Um, still not as great as a professional photo, right? It's hard to come close to that, but a, f- a wonderful time, a great time to get dressed up, dolled up, and you get some fun photos for the, for the meantime. That's creative too. I mean, that's already pushing your limit as a photographer and, you know, trying out something different and just seeing, you know, how that kind of works out. And I think people will be understanding of that too. Like, obviously it's not going to be the same quality, but it's still going to be something that you can obviously post and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I think that's really cool. And so there's a lot that goes into just photography in general and I think we walked through quite a bit of it um just from when you first started out picking up a camera and eventually you know launching your business and getting clients so I guess just walk us through like the process of it all so once you once somebody books with you and then scheduling a shoot the actual shoot and then you're editing photos like that's a lot of steps so how long does all of that take and I guess like do you have you found that there's a good way to manage it there's no good answer to that (laughs) but but yeah like being a photographer is a lot of work and I think you know, people think that I just, you know, I show up for an hour, I snap some photos and just send them to you. And it's like, okay, I get paid a large lump sum for that one hour, but there's so much behind the scenes that goes into that. Right. So, 
you know, it's the consult beforehand. I'm spending some time with you getting to understand what your vision is for the shoot and how we can make sure that the shoot is effective and, you know, viable for both parties. And then there's obviously the shoot and showing up there. Um, and then talk about, you know, the editing afterwards. That is the most time consuming per one hour of shooting. I would say editing can go anywhere from one hour to honestly three or four. So you're already looking at a total of five and a half hours, right? At that point, if it's at max. Um, weddings are a whole different story because you take like 5,000 photos and just to even, you know, go like see the photos you took and be like, this one's good, this one's bad, this one's good, this one's bad, I'm going to edit this, right? Um, it, it's a lot of work and then there's a lot of things that go into it. So like I mentioned in the weddings, like paying for an experienced photographer is very well worth it because the things that I know after shooting, you know, weddings for over eight years are a lot different than somebody who's shot one wedding before knows, you know? Um, and it's helping you along the way. So that that's, you're paying for the experience, you're paying for my equipment. You know, my camera is a lot different than the camera that I first started out with, right? And so all of that goes into it, as well as, you know, the education, the mentorship that I've had that's made me the photographer that I am. And, you know, you're paying for an experience. And when people show up to my shoots, you know, I try to make it as fun as possible. And, you know, you really get like this whole storm of my personality. And <laughs> it's, uh, it's a crazy time, but, you know, you know, people deserve a good time at their shoe. And I think that that's well worth all the money that you put into it. But anyway, yeah, there's so many things that go into it. There's just a lot of details to just the day of the actual shoot and making sure that you have planned out like, you know, what you're going to wear. And of course, most girls are probably going to think about that. But you know, offering advice and like what would look best with this background, and then also deciding on like, a time of day and then you probably now since you've been doing it for a while like finding all of these locations and I guess luckily Arizona is beautiful so there's a ton of places that you can shoot and there isn't really um I don't know I feel like there's always going to be somewhere there obviously but finding those locations and kind of having that too can be difficult so um yeah, I think that's that's awesome. Do you have anything else that you want to add just anything that we didn't talk about? Um, I mean, I think that we covered the gist of it, you know, for, for those of you getting into photography, my, my only recommendations would be like, find a mentor that you admire and trust and, um, make sure you pick one that's aligns with your skills, values, goals, um, and, and really rely on that person because a good mentor can take you really, really far and elevate your game a lot higher than you would just by yourself. Yeah, I think, yeah, having mentors is huge especially when you first start out and you don't really know what in the world you're doing. Cause I'm thinking back to when, when I first joined, there was um, this like women's like entrepreneurship group at my college. And I didn't know like how to start a business, run a bit, like none of that. I was just like, I don't know. I like to write. I don't know. Like sign me up. This sounds interesting, <laughs> you know, whatever. And so it's funny when you finally like meet your mentor and they kind of see, you know, what you're good at and what you could be doing. And that person, like having that, um, I guess like other perspective, like obviously it's going to encourage you. So it's going to make you aware of just like all these different things that you could do and that you are capable of. And you're not going to feel like you're just limited to, you know, this one thing. So yeah, I think surrounding yourself with people who are better than you almost in a sense, like in terms of just like their craft and everything that they're doing um, is really important because you're, you're just going to learn from them. And ultimately that's going to make you 
a better expert at whatever you're doing. So how can people find you and book your photography session? Yay! So finding me should be super, super easy. Um, you can find me on my website, which is my last name, omaragicphotography.com. Um, you can find me on social media. My Instagram handle is at aminaomaragicphotography.com. Um, and there are links to both my website. I, I have a separate boudoir Instagram. It's ladies only, obviously, for, for obvious reasons. Um, like I said before, I am open to travel. Booking a session with me is simple. You just inquire via online, um, whether that be DMing on Instagram. That's actually like my least favorite form. So if you can, go on my website and fill out my contact form. Um, and I should get back to you within 24 to 48 hours. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much, Amina. Um, we really enjoyed having you talking about photography, and I will have everything that she just mentioned in the show notes of this episode. So thank you guys for listening to this podcast. As always, um, whatever platform you're listening on, if it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, definitely take a screenshot and share that on your Instagram story. Be sure to tag us. It's at Balkan Bread, so that way we can see it. And of course, if you're interested in being featured on an upcoming episode, definitely send an email over to hello at balkanbread.com. So that's it for this episode. Thank you guys again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.